0: I had grown up in a world where much of the, what I would have called beliefs were things, I held, first of all, held on the level of identity, which is why people have to defend their beliefs. But if you think about the posture of defense, your back is to whatever you're defending. You're not even looking at it. You can't look at it because you have to defend it. The world is changing so fast, we don't have time for this silliness anymore. This is silliness. We have to get to the pragmatic truth of how are we going to heal this place.
1: You are listening to the medicine podcast. I am Mimi.
0: What is up everybody?
2: This is chase. So long story short, we were childhood sweethearts turned husband and wife in our early twenties, despite following the mainstream script for happiness. We actually divorced for three years.
1: Only to later reunite as soulmates with a brand new outlook on love, God, health, and the real medicines of the universe. If you find yourself wondering, is there more to this life, to health, to God, to love?
2: Then you are in the exact right place. Consider this your bridge to expansion for body, mind, and relationships. We are uncovering and discovering with you.
1: Let's go take the medicine. Hello, hello, wonderful people. You who are actively creating a life that you love and living in an intentionally expansive way. I know that's you because you're listening to this podcast and that is our main goal at The Medicine. We have a first for today's super dope episode. This was Chase and I's first time interviewing two people. So we had four bodies and voices in this one. And although I thought it would be a lot to handle, it actually turned out awesome. Have you ever made a really big life decision or change and been nervous to share with those you love? Because maybe they would think of you differently or inform you that you were making a colossal mistake or even disown or hate you for it. Our guests today have experienced that to the max. Ryan and Michelle Meeks are a living example of a truly conscious couple and what it looks like to follow your intuitive convictions, say yes to the unknown, and cross a grand canyon of spiritual evolvement as a couple. They are truly remarkable humans, and we are so blessed to provide a platform to share their wisdom today. We have become fast friends with Ryan and Michelle. They're the kind of couple that everyone in the room gravitates towards because they just radiate this authenticity, experiential self-knowledge and humor. This is a longer episode, and when you listen all the way to the end, you're going to come away feeling encouraged to continue putting your current spiritual beliefs into real life practice. As Ryan says, how are your beliefs pragmatically bringing you closer to being love? That is what is at the root of this episode, and it's what our world needs so badly right now. More people embodying real love. Make sure to check the show notes if you want to connect with Ryan and Michelle. I know they would both love to see and hear who is listening to this episode. And if the medicine has impacted your life in any way, please share with others if you feel called. Take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram, and share to your story, or just send this episode directly to your best friend. We appreciate your help in making this world a more embodied and loving place. Enjoy the episode, my loves. Welcome back to the medicine, everyone. We are so grateful you are joining with us. And this is a momentous. Episode, momentous hey conversation. I got my love here, Chase. With What's me. up, everybody? And then we actually—this is our first time interviewing two people at once. So we got four people. That's a lot of energy, <laughs> a lot of voices, <laughs> a lot of things going on. But we are so grateful to have both of you, Ryan and Michelle Meeks, with us today. You guys are lights in the world, and for all of our listeners, um, they have an incredible history and story together. Um, they are doing such magical things in the world now. And really, you are such a bright, shiny, um, embodied example of what real conscious love can look like, mm-hmm. while, whilst navigating some really tough shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we are definitely excited to jump into all of that with you. Um, but first... We didn't give you proper warning for this, by the way, <laughs> but first we have a question that we ask every guest at the beginning of each episode, and Ryan, I'm going to, I'm dialed in on you right okay, now, so uh-oh. we're going to ask you Here first. We go. <laughs> um, what do you love in your life? What aspect of your life do you love so much that you wish you could gift to every human?
3: Hmm.
0: Gosh, well, there's a lot of things, but I, I'll just go with the first thing that came to my mind, and that would be um the relationships in my life. Mm. I am so lucky to feel like everywhere I turn, whether it's immediately to the, my r- right and look <laughs> at this woman who I've shared so much of my life with. Um really we've been together longer than uh we have not been together. <laughs> 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 we know what that's like. Yeah, yeah. so if for you know, so that but also like the relationships that I have with my children and the relationships that I have in my communities that I'm a part of both here in where we live here in San Diego. And then where we used to be in Washington, like these are real relationships with people who like know what's actually going on. We were actually laughing earlier today. We were like, you know, we're in unconventional relationships just by the very nature that we hug people for like <laughs> a, a whole minute. Yeah. Like I, I don't it. care who's in the restaurant. I'm yeah. going to hold my friend for a minute. Yeah. And yeah. and we just are affectionate that yeah. way. And, yeah. and so that's just one silly example that, you know, we go deep with our friendships and we yeah. feel so rich mm-hmm. in that. Like what a wealth to mm-hmm. have real people who know you and who you know. What it's I,
3: what absolute I,
1: medicine. What
2: I love about that, mm-hmm. and we were similarly talking about – these types of intimate relationships, whether that be romantic or whether that be friendship, Uh, just yesterday. And the thing that's so great about like intimacy, um, and that can be in the friendship space or the partnership space, but we all have buttons. And the further and deeper we lean into relationships, which are so often a mirror, those buttons are pressed like (laughs) for better and for worse. That can be the button that takes you to The freaking peak of pleasure and and a mind-blowing psychedelic experience with just another human. It can also be the button that's pressed that elicits a complete monster inside of you. (laughs) (laughs) And like for better or for worse, it deepens the polarity of your life experience. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that relationships are literally a mirror for the catalyst and for the opportunities for growth in life Mm -hmm. is like that's such an opportunity for self-help we're in a world of like mm-hmm. hey follow these five steps to get better at xyz if we just leaned into some of these relationships that are literally yeah. at our fingertips a little harder we're gonna have uh, the most profound like self-betterment course possible just yeah right at our, t- our fingertips absolutely, absolutely.
1: Yeah. and something y- it reminded me of this conversation that chase and i have uh, often and i think we've shared on the podcast but it's this concept of Loving deep versus loving wide. Mm. We all know those people who are connectors in the community and they want a thousand friends. (laughs) And then there's people like Chase and I, which we have a lot of acquaintances. We have a lot of people in our life that we love, but we want to go deep you know we want to love deep with people and what i mean by that is i we would rather have dinner two on two or one on one or whatever for six hours and talk about the meaning of the universe than go to a party with a hundred people and have small talk around some people love that and we need those people in society we need those connectors but you guys seem like you are and correct me if i'm wrong but you guys seem like you are love deep kind of people yeah, we yeah. like to love deep. Yeah. Although I love We're a good dance party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I was like just don't, don't say even
4: 100%. talk to me. I'm dancing. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> well, and like you're those. such a
0: your Libra energy is so you love like the new experience. But but it's not so superficial. I'm not saying that necessarily. But just the, your ability to like, you know, flutter around the party and yeah. just collect interesting people you know i think (coughs) my uh, my thirst my scorpio need to go like what you know what's the truth here (laughs) like immediately ask people something they're like what the hell who are you Um, (laughs) is emboldened because of the interesting people you collect Mm -hmm. so i think we bounce off each other in that way and that in a way that you know we meet all these very interesting people because you're so outgoing at the front end And then I tend to really want to go further and then we Mm -hmm. both do both of that really well, I
1: think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ryan's in the corner asking someone the first time he meets them, (laughs) what are you most afraid of in life? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, totally. (laughs) Biggest failure? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. How's your sex life (laughs) going?
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, we really amplify
4: each other. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a nice it's it's a good compliment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. So so Michelle, let's hear from you. Mm -hmm. What do you love? What aspect of your life do you love so much Mm -hmm. that you could wish you could gift it to every human?
4: I would say the fact that we've had a second chance um I don't think at least my competitive nature viewed me as like okay this is my goal we're going to go here we we have our plan laid out for life kids church all that and having having that completely wiped away and starting fresh has been the best thing. I thought mm. it was it was a major ego hit but I love it now. I'm so thankful and so I guess what I would want everyone to know is wherever they're at, they're right on time. Like there doesn't have to be any like finish line. Yeah. They're doing great. Yeah. Right where they're at and you can always start again.
2: I love that. And so perfectly transitioning into next question or next topic, which would be, you know, a little bit about your guys' background, a little Mm -hmm. bit about your story. You know, Megan and I both come from the evangelical space and speaking to that script, we followed it like mm-hmm. to yeah. the T yeah. <laughs> and we got all the dopamine along the way, mm. but it was short term, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't fulfilling, wasn't sustainable, um, and ultimately led to, you know, in our situation, an actual divorce and mm-hmm. complete separation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about, uh, your guys's journey and, um, you know, what, how you guys kind of got together and, and worked to the point of where you're at today.
4: Yeah. Well, at first we were high school sweethearts, but we did not go to the same school. If we'd gone to the same high school, there's no way we would have been interested in each other. We would have <laughs> no annoyed way. each other. Yeah. But Why do you say that? <laughs> I'm curious. Because I was like super goody two shoes.
0: You were mm. ASB president I was, like, first of all. Let's just all get the down other. to it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I was screwing up the assemblies <laughs> yes. and she was running them, okay? So <laughs> I would have been very annoyed
4: with him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But also pretty interested. Yeah, you know, like you're annoying and hot. <laughs> I'll meet you back.
0: She liked no. the bad boys, but she couldn't <laughs> admit it to herself. I couldn't so. admit
1: it. I was super there, high strung. There is a... Uh, uh, I think for most women, there is that. We Chase and I have talked about it. Like, what is it that draws women to the bad boy, mm-hmm. quote unquote, or the, the mean guy or whatever that is? Yeah. And I think have you comment here, but I'm totally hijacking your story right now. <laughs> no, I love it. I love um, it. I think from my perspective, I think it is a little bit of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And when you are a type A, I get all A's and mm-hmm. I am ASB president and I know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow and the next day and the next having a little like cameo of mystery mm-hmm. and the unknown in your life in the form of a hot guy. Yeah. I mean, That was absolutely it for me. Chase was, you know, throwing (laughs) F-bombs on the basketball court and then, you know, was, like, uh, winning State B basketball. You know, all the things. Like, there is that bit of mystery and unknown. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if you agree.
4: Absolutely. And he was kind of a really deadly combo because he was also, like, pastor's son. So there was that mystique to him as well and a natural leader. Mm -hmm. So, and he didn't care at all if anybody was following him or thought he was cool he was just having fun and that was the most attractive thing for sure but I had to like go after him he was not gonna pursue me and so I think I was um, just
0: didn't know you were interested. <laughs> I thought she was out of my league first of all. One cuz I was always so busy screwing around. Yeah. I, you know we should clarify too lest people think I was like a, riding a Harley to school or <laughs> something. <laughs> oh, uh, no you can language pass, yeah. okay? <laughs> yeah. I wasn't like a bad boy as much as I no. was just doing whatever you I wanted going, and having yeah, an absolute yeah. blast. Doing yeah. you so I wasn't chasing girls necessarily. I was all about obligation. Yeah. And you were like,
4: No, I'm gonna that's do what I want.
0: Yeah, I liked girls, but I didn't wanna have a girlfriend necessarily until I realized, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, is she really into me? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: His family was moving to San Diego, so I was like, Okay, I it's no real risk. I'll let him know I am into him. And if he rejects me, then I won't oh, see him. She already so had a
0: boyfriend, so she yeah. was like it was a it was a plan <laughs> B, right. like, Yeah, throw it out there yeah. but I gotta fall <laughs> back here. Oh, he amazing. was captain of the everything team, <laughs> oh, so gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out. Yeah. And we dated uh Long distance for a while in high school, and then we got married after a first year of college, Mm -hmm. and we're right here in downtown San Diego. Mm -hmm. And then surprise of surprises, in the what were we in? Geology class.
4: Geology class together. Geology 101.
0: And she's like,
4: "This gum is sick," (laughs) and
0: I'm getting nauseous. And we uh, had our daughter uh, nine months later. Wow, a couple
4: weeks after our first anniversary.
0: Yeah, so we had a lot. We uh, family early. I mean, you were. 19 when we got pregnant. Yeah. 21, she was born. So that'll be my claim to fame when I'm (laughs) in like an elderly (laughs) home someday. I'll be like, did I ever tell you about when I got a teenager pregnant? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, you know, two young kids. And then, you know, we grew up in the church and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and then moved up to Washington when we had, uh, our daughter Riley and Jager and just kind of had an idea. Like none of our friends are interested in spirituality uh, or church but we think this is like there's some cool stuff here mm-hmm. and good community and some healthy ways to live and so we were like what if we started one that was like without all the garbage that mm-hmm. we don't you like you mean also. church yeah. started a church started, started a church I mean, yeah, yeah. Which sounds weird to people, like you can start a yeah, church, right. but yeah, yeah, like like literally, Believe that's what we did. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we went up to Washington, and we uh, it was like basically us and nine friends, mm-hmm. and we started it from scratch. Like literally, had to locate a place. Like I was breaking into schools, <laughs> so, you know, just to like well, <laughs> in the name to, of God. Yeah, yeah, of right. course, you know, like <laughs> doing the temple. whole like Beltville Hills cop thing, just walking around like I knew what I was doing and talking my way through, and um, yeah, so we started church, and it grew really fast, and that was kind of a surprise and, um, you know, I don't know, fast forward. Wait, uh, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to okay. pause you there yeah. before you <laughs> fast forward.
1: Yeah. Um, what about your church? You say it grew really fast. What about your church do you think was different or the way that you approached it? Mm-hmm. Um, give a, pe- give the listeners maybe a sense of like yeah. what kind of group you pulled together.
0: Sure. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. Cause I think it foreshadows what ended up happening. And that was, I never felt like a I always feel like a JV, like junior varsity Christian, because mm. people in, the, I was into like the community and I liked the idea, like this Jesus character is like, r- like really loving and this is beautiful. And, and of course I, I was a part of the, the church and to be a part of that, there's a lot of benefits that get conferred mm. on you by mm. believing the things. Totally. So I was believing the things and I'm like, yeah, this is what we all believe. And we're nice people. <laughs> and, um, but also, I, I never had, like, God-talk-to-me stuff happen. Mm. And right. people were always telling me that, like, Jesus told them stuff. <laughs> I was always totally. like, my dad's a pastor, and Jesus didn't tell me shit. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, what I think just being honest about that from day one, like, mm-hmm. I always said, like, hey, I don't know if any of this is true. And, uh, you know, so I'm just being honest with you that uh, I'm choosing this path because I want to be the best kind of person I can be. And I know I can't do that on my own. So Mm -hmm. I need community and I need a set of like principles. I need a path and a practice to cultivate the kind of human being I want to be. And for me, I'm just kind of pushing my chips in on this whole like forgiveness and generosity and Mm -hmm. long suffering and kindness and trust. And that all seems to be part of the Jesus package for me. And and let's see if we can do this together. So I think that was part of the attraction. I I mean, the other thing, it was kind of a circus sideshow. I was 26. Mm -hmm. So it was like. What? Where is a church for people in their early twenties where mm-hmm. the leadership is your age? You know, right. so yeah, a, part of it was a novelty. Like, let's just watch the barn burn down. I think people <laughs> came to see like what is going to happen because it was chaos and crazy. And it was
4: a lot of fun. <coughs> yeah, and we had because I think the core of us were really good friends. It created this like vortex of people having fun and enjoying yeah. that that rich relationship. Like
3: mm-hmm.
4: we had a a low like no shame philosophy so people could come hungover and not feel like they were second class. And so it was a really like fun group of people that were loving like, and accepting. Oh, you can accept me for who I yeah. am. And yeah. I can still come in and, and well, find a place.
0: We we're, were never worried about the social mores of christian Mm. church stuff you know like what people wore or whatever i mean the amount of emails we would get from people who would visit like oh somebody was wearing a tight top in (laughs) in your leadership team i I never gave a shit about any of that stuff so it was like you know right basically hey a spiritual community for regular people who are never gonna fit in um in you know the sort of rules based or yeah. image based version of Christianity. You don't even have to believe it. Yeah. Cause even the pastor would be up there saying,
1: I don't know if this is true. It, like you that. can't prove it. You don't, yeah. you're like, I don't okay. have any evidence. I don't have any proof. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is just a good model, it, as yeah. far as you can tell, yeah. this Jesus character oh, yeah. is a great model for like, if we all were more like Jesus, we'd probably have a pretty cool world. Yeah, yeah man, yes. I was, yes. If,
2: if, yes. if I would have known this was, was around when I was in high school, my God, I would have made the transition <laughs> very quick. Um, out of curiosity, like yeah. in during this kind of establishment, um, you know, you're probably early, early 20s. You know, for me in my early 20s, I was so hyper fixated on like, what's my purpose? What's mm-hmm. my vision? What's my goal setting? Here's my vision board. Mm-hmm. I, g- I have to accumulate and follow the plan. Did this feel like flow for you? Or was this a, this is my purpose. This is the script that I'm supposed to follow. What were some of those uh, like energies or what was sort of the emotional experience of like stepping into this endeavor?
0: Probably different for both of us. For sure. I, for me... I'm not super motivated by vision boards and that Uh, like, if you ask me what I'm, what's next year going to look like, I have no idea. So, and that even back then I was just chasing fun. Yeah. Like this is fun. Like I want to, I'm good at like throwing a party basically. And that's what Sundays were. It was just this huge party that like, we're not the center of the universe. There is a center of the universe. And if we can relax and trust and, and trust love and, and in that framework, it was, by the way, that, that love's name might be Jesus. And maybe we could look into that. (laughs) Um, Then it was fun, you know, and people were experiencing like, you know, peace and they were forgiving themselves for screwing up, you know, it's like, Hey, you're part of the human race. And so
1: it almost to me, I mean, the way that you explain it is like, (laughs) I feel like what 99% of people are looking for in a religion, Um, Or really like their heart's desire, right? Like they may not know that it's possible, Mm -hmm. but community, full acceptance Mm -hmm. and joy and friendship, Mm -hmm. like these are all the things that I feel like religion is meant to be, or maybe that was the original idea of it is to provide places like this of course it's gotten warped and twisted and monetized and corporatized but mm-hmm. man when you explain it i'm like yeah i would come yeah, like, like, I'd, yeah I'd, co- I'd come now it's yeah. like there's a formula
2: for eliciting that type of response in a community or in, a, in an environment or through an event there yeah. is there is a formula or a set of formulas that can that can work when yeah. it comes to col- you know collaboration collective experience you start to feel those metaphysical intangible things that you don't get necessarily maybe independently and I think the more you I love that you just leaned into that immediately because you know for me too I look back and I'm like fuck I I never liked goal setting Mm -hmm. I never liked you know diving into something and thinking that it had to be painful for it to be effective or Mm -hmm. or my faith or religion had to be um self uh detrimental or or um you know almost like flogging myself so many times just to be able to like feel like i was uh reaching salvation yeah Mm -hmm. and so i love that that even at the establishment at the core of this it was about fun and presence and peace and yeah those those words are not often uh spoke of in that in that setting
0: yeah, and that's, and that's just my wiring anyway. I mean, I'm an Enneagram 7, if you know Enneagram. So I'm yeah. just like, let's You've have fun. you said fun, fun enough. Yeah. I'm like, he's probably uh, it's a my totally, <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite word. Totally, It's my favorite word. But, I, and it's worth mentioning, at least to me, <laughs> there's a <laughs> philosopher, a naturalist philosopher named Loyal Rue. And he talks about necessary feeling states for human thrival. And uh, any good religion that's going to hack it for, you know, maybe 100 thousand (laughs) years let's say for instance we'll find out right or at least for a few thousand years anything that's going to have staying power it's going to need to hit these three necessary feeling states that help people thrive one is the ability to look to the past with gratitude instead of regret Mm. okay we can all we all know what the difference between those two energies is right right. and then the ability to look to the future with hope instead of fear Mm. and then the ability to inhabit the present moment with inspiration for whatever uh, struggles you're facing Mm. so you know, I think that no matter what the, you know, doctrinal statement was back then, I mean, I don't even know, we hit it in some corner of the website, (laughs) but we were hitting those three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were trying to help people live with gratitude Mm -hmm. and not regret and hope instead of fear and try to inspire them to live well amongst each other. So I think that's, that is really it like that's what people are looking for whether it's a religion or it's a community or it's a CrossFit gym or yeah. whatever totally people need hope and mm-hmm. gratitude and inspiration so. and I
1: don't think the average person could write down what you just said like I doubt anyone's like I need to be able to look to the past with gratitude <laughs> not right. shame yeah. no one actually knows yeah. that that's what they need right yeah. the average person doesn't but once you get into it and you experience it and then maybe you don't have it you're like oh shit that was that was actually really good that was almost medicinal that was something I needed that was something that helped me evolve as a human I I think I'm a better person because of this and that's the point of religion so yeah yeah, I mean it's like I can I can just sense like that was probably uh so wonderful for for your friends there (laughs) yeah
0: for sure and again we stumbled into some of that stuff just because I mean to back to the question uh, because I was chasing like this sounds fun whereas I think at, at you know what would you say like for you for
4: my like goals yeah like with it.
0: didn't it, didn't didn't it feel like you were you were more on that track like that i
4: was oh yeah i was a big unconscious part of me it was just like i knew i was going to be a mom so that was like no brainer for me don't need to question it and then as the church grew my competitive nature kicked in where i was like oh i can see how like i can like kind of like quote unquote climb this ladder and there's like a A beautiful group of women that I joined um, were their other lead pastor's wives. So we could kind of get each other on that level and understand each other's life in some way. And I could see myself like trying to like, oh, I could start like speaking at these events. And I kind of saw my like kind of a dark side of myself Mm. enjoying that ladder that I could climb. Mm. So that I would say it was like halfway through our experience, but yeah. it definitely, my competitive nature got triggered
0: Yeah. For sure. Are you, well, an and a, we th-
1: are you an Enneagram three? I'm a two with a three wing. Yeah, I'm a three <laughs> with a two wing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. What were you going to say, Ryan? Yeah.
0: Oh, I was, well, it I, it just made me think of, that's kind of at the moment when things started shifting. Oh,
4: yeah. I was super, I was like Sh- super Christian. Yeah. Super driven. I We had just had our fourth baby, or maybe it was in between third and fourth, but I was like... I love this. I see a place for myself. I can be more than a mom.
0: We had a lot of influence at that time. The church Uh is pretty large, eight locations in Seattle and she's getting more and more opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so am I like, but I'm hiding more. But I'm like excited about it and
4: he's freaking out about it.
0: So I'm getting like, I'm hiding. I'm saying, I'm ignoring invitations and Mm -hmm. she's like, I'm going to go to these things. And I inside, that's when kind of like, I guess it was a critical moment for sure in th- our relationship. I felt
4: like that was when you and I were the most distant from each other. For sure. Mm-hmm. And there was no, nothing to really like put your finger on, but it just felt, I, I figured, okay, we have babies and that's a hard season for him. I had no idea what actually was going on.
0: Well, cause I was too afraid to tell you. <laughs> cause he was
4: too afraid to tell me. Yeah. And then once he did, it was, everything made sense. And I was like, okay, we can come together.
3: Mm. Yeah. yeah
2: take us through that a little bit yeah you know, the listeners you know, are on the edge of their seat have, like, what, what was going Ooh, on we, we, have, <laughs> we have such a history where there were things coming up in, in our relationship yeah. uh, that were you know contradictory to what we sort of like signed on for and mm. in, in what this relationship was going to look like and what the expectation of what the relationship should look like based on our community and upbringing um, and when those things started to surface um, neither one of us had the tools to be able to communicate in a way that was going to one land to land in a way that was gentle mm-hmm. um so i'm curious how did those wh- what were some of those moments or some of those conversations during the shift and how did they look
4: well anytime we had started a conversation where we were either tired or frustrated with the kids it never ended well <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah but context is important
4: yeah but when when he, he when I could see that he was telling me something that he was actually really scared of how I would respond, it softened me mm-hmm. to the whole situation. Um, but why don't you tell your side of how you felt with sure. you know, bringing me into the Yeah,
0: light. well, maybe just name what was happening. I mean, I didn't know at the time, but I was slowly falling out of the tree of Christianity and trying to grab any branch I could <laughs> on the way down. Like, mm-hmm. just stuff stopped making sense to me. And part of that was we'd been pastoring this church for so many years, and I had interacted with thousands of different people from tons of different life experiences who come from different religions, you know, Mm -hmm. people who were in the sex industry, and people who were, you know, dealing, like, hard drugs, and, you know, people just out of jail, and all, like, amazing stuff, but also traveling all over the world Mm -hmm. with organizations that we had partnered with, like Charity Water and some other ones that are doing great relief around the world, and... Befriending Hindus and you know atheists and you know all these people with completely different worldviews who were beautiful people mm. who I would say whatever we call Christ consciousness or whatever we call you know seeing Jesus in someone they had it mm-hmm. yeah. and so I'm sitting here with these people in this you know Hindu home with this Hindu altar with a bunch of what I would have called idols all right. over the top of it. And their hospitality mm. and warmth and generosity just to me was everything that I'd heard was the Spirit of Christ. Mm-hmm. And it just rocked my world. Mm. And not only that, I could see how the larger things got, the more I got invited into these rooms with these mega pastors. And I would look around the room and go, oh, I don't like any of us. Yeah. Mm. I don't like this energy. Yeah. I don't like... And it wasn't a judgment of them. It was more of like a reflection of... Seeing that I didn't like them, I was like, this is what I am. I'm this. Mm. And
4: and we finally got to the point where you weren't doing everything. Like when we first started the church, that's he was true. Yeah, setting that's up. We had like this big truck in our front yard that had all <laughs> the church stuff parked on our grass. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'd go and set up and he would lead the music and then he would speak and then he'd tear down. And drive the truck Drive home. the truck home. So like he was doing everything and had no time to sit with how he felt sure. and then once we got a staff
0: and a building and all that stuff you, yeah. you had
4: the you had the bandwidth to actually say what do i believe about this stuff yeah totally read,
0: read some books and <laughs> read books that i wasn't supposed to read and stuff like that so like it, the, bible. You read the that's bible that's the <laughs> <a couple laughs> times. that was the yeah that's true i read, that was the worst one <laughs> for <laughs> right, me anyway right. i read it through twice in the same year thinking you know oh i'm having a crisis of faith let me just go back to the word or whatever and um And so anyway, just for me, my experience was that brought up way more questions. So I thought, oh, I didn't do it right. Let me do it again. So I did it again, and it got worse. And so as I was falling out of the tree, as I say, and grabbing onto any branch on the way down, like just as I was, even on the way here we were talking about, it was kind of like we were packing up our house, and and we'd take something out of the cupboard and be like, do we still want this, you know? And then a couple years later, I'm like, I haven't packed anything. You know, I'm taking Mm. all these beliefs and these rules and like things I think I have to believe in, like Noah's Ark or the, a literal right. Genesis one, or you know what the sexual ethic looks like in the modern world, what is marriage? All these things, and LGBT, which we ended up being a big thing later on in our story, and I hadn't packed anything, and by the time I got down, I wasn't trying to leave, whatever my faith you know uh, was, but I was terrified to tell her what was happening because I'm like, I love this woman, I I we have four kids. Uh, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to, you know, some of my critics at the time were like, Oh, you know, framing me as some sort of rebel. Like I'm trying to, you know, do something irreverent. And the truth was like, uh, my heart was broken. Mm. I didn't want to lose my family, my community, my kids, my job. Like there was no benefit to me to start saying these things publicly and certainly not to my wife. And so to bring the, bring the conversation up. First of all, the honest truth was that I didn't for a while. And I just pretended that I, believed all this stuff and kept Mm -hmm. saying the same stuff and eventually that that disintegration started manifesting as unhealth in my body and Mm -hmm. tension in our relationship and so thankfully I think it was both I I wanted to finally come clean to you and you were like what is wrong what is Mm -hmm. happening here like we're not connecting and so we both sort of came towards each other and like you say you could see and you felt into me instead mm-hmm. of just being in your fear. You were like, okay, he's afraid yeah. and this must matter. And I think that was important. And then, and then going slow. yeah, Like yeah. being like, this is my yeah. process. And
1: All right, real talk. If you're anything like me, finding quick foods that are actually healthy and intentionally sourced is not the easiest task these days. Take something like jerky. have added sugars, preservatives, and are sourced from conventional non-organic farms from stressed and possibly diseased animals. Yikes. Okay, what about protein or granola bars? Oftentimes, these bars have way more sugar than protein, and the protein itself is usually bottom of the barrel, cheap, and low quality. We used to have the hardest time while traveling, like what the heck are we supposed to eat when we need something quick? Then I discovered Paleo Valley. Hallelujah. Chase and I is favorite when we need something convenient, like during travel the beef or turkey sticks and superfood bars are literally an answer to my prayers. They are made from real whole foods with no added sugars or mystery ingredients and are super delicious. Even kids love them. Get this, Paleo Valley sources their meat and their bone broth protein exclusively from organic regenerative farmers. The animals are pasture raised, grass fed their entire life, and the farmers themselves are practicing regenerative farming. This means that they are actually healing our earth's soil rather than killing it and stripping it like conventional farms. I feel so good knowing that I'm blessing my body with high quality foods and supporting our earth and future generations by supporting Paleo Valley. If you want to try for yourself, you can use the direct link in the show notes to check out Paleo Valley and use the code MEDICIN, that's M-E-D-I-C-I-N for a discount, or just check them out in our medicine cabinet at getmefit.com. We're bringing you only the best, boo. Cheers.
4: Every time Hewitt takes like that analogy of moving and taking things out and saying, oh, I don't want this anymore. Every time he would do that, and we would talk about it, it was like, oh, this, to me in my mind, didn't line up with what Jesus was saying anyway. So it was like easy mm-hmm. to go, okay, sure. I'm gonna be focused on Jesus, and so it was easy to get rid of those mm-hmm. things for me. And so it was like breadcrumbs. It it wasn't like one day he's like, we're gonna just completely. blowing the system. Yeah, out. it wasn't yeah. a it wasn't a decision that was made in one day by any means. And so, oh my gosh, no. Slowly, as we had more and more of these conversations, and he like brought me into his fears. Um, then it was like, oh, okay, we can talk these things through. And, and of course, at first I was scared and like, oh God, what does this mean for, you know, for everything? But then of course, logistically, our kids and their college funds and all these <laughs> things, you know, yeah, going down. The this is our job. Yeah. Um, but seeing him sincerely terrified and being so honest with me just melted me to, to be able to actually hear what he was saying instead of having all my fears just bring up yeah. so many walls. Yeah.
2: I think that's so critically important in this in this story is that your transparency into the emotions that you were experiencing, I think for men so often, mm-hmm. and in my own life, um, and, I, and I've seen it in others as well, there's a compartmentalization of those emotions. And if, mm-hmm. say, the emotions fear, maybe it's the fear of quitting a job or leaving a faith, or um, just pivoting um, outside of the construct that somebody thinks that you should be embodied in is frightening, and it's Mm -hmm. scary. I think if it's compartmentalized and it's shoved, that manipulates into something a little bit darker oftentimes, and the expression of that compartmentalized emotion might actually be a little too aggressive. It Mm -hmm. might be frightening for the other person once it's Mm -hmm. expressed. And so your ability to authentically share that emotion of fear probably was so much easier for, you know, you to polarize and for you both to be able to make decisions off of that. For
1: Mm -hmm. sure. And props to you just as the feminine, I've, been there's so many parallels between yeah. your guys' story and our story it's a different story but so many parallels like I know Chase is <coughs> excuse me I know Chase is picking up on them as well but there were definitely moments in our part one story where he was learning things and becoming aware and the light was being turned on and and I know now was afraid to tell me certain things that he was like i so there's these things called you know uh, mushrooms and psychedelics and <laughs> joe rogan's talking about them they sound really interesting but we never had one conversation about this yeah. because um it it was so different than anything that was even close to our lifestyle or life mm-hmm. so i've been there where i even though we didn't have that conversation w- we were distancing ourselves we we were becoming very distant and um i didn't soften. Mm -hmm. So props to you, my girl, (laughs) because that is really hard. Mm -hmm. It's hard. And you shine (laughs) with ease. It seems now, um, you know, speaking to it. Um, but I know how difficult that is Mm -hmm. because I've been there in a different scenario. And, um, thankfully we have this part two that I Mm -hmm. can soften into those moments and I I know the difference now and I'm I'm grateful Mm -hmm. for the past Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. show me Oh, that's what that got me. That's what that resulted in. And I don't want that again. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do the opposite now, which yeah. is soften and absorb and hear him. Yeah. Listen to his fears. Listen to his anxieties. Listen to look at his eyeballs, you know, um, these little things that. So I just want to I want to speak to that and, and give and, you. And that's one of the things is, is, is we talk about you. now
2: is what's the thing behind the thing when we have a, a conversation or we're bringing something like this you know, into our home and into, you know, at the table for, for, um, dissection is okay, here's what I'm experiencing, but there may be a thing behind the thing that I'm experiencing. Mm -hmm. So before I'm aware of it, I I might've, you know, compartmentalized it or buried it and it's manipulating and turning and turning into an expression that is a particular way. Let's evaluate that expression to, uh, to identify whether or not there is something driving it behind. So if it's fear, if it's insecurity, um, you know, for me, it was a combination of shifting what our programming was, uh, in the Christian environment, but also I was having serious questions about my career path. You know, I was mm-hmm. in a financial, um, industry that was tons of travel and work and money and status that was so against my, mm-hmm. uh, just, just who I was at my core that instead of authentically expressing those concerns, insecurities and fears, they were compartmentalized and when they were brought about, it was aggressive or it was yeah. hostile or it was yeah. in defense of my insecurity. Yeah.
1: Well, we, I mean, we neither one of us had tools for healthy, proper mm-hmm. communication to bring something up in a way that was um, productive. Yeah. That it wasn't like out of defense or out of aggression I, I look back on our 24 year old selves and I'm just like, you guys are babies. You, (laughs) I feel like you didn't know anything. And, um, now definitely we have those tools to be like, okay, you know, and kind of ease into the situation, which, um, I feel like is not talked about enough with young couples is like, okay, here's what communication looks like so it sounds like you guys had to figure some of that out kind of through trial and error through this major catalyst for your guys's relationship um when you got through okay so you get on the same page what was happening then with you know i know you you don't have to go through every detail of the exit story of Mm -hmm. the church but can you just give us an idea of maybe high level of what was going on when you got on the same page it was like now what well,
4: first, before he says, I don't want to paint myself as this, like, little angel over here. <laughs> We've had some <laughs> knockdown, drag-out hmm. fights where I'm, like, throwing things. So just need <laughs> <it>. that to be <laughs> yeah. on the record. Disclaimer. <laughs> Lots of trial and error, for sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love that you wanted to throw <laughs> yeah. that in. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. This girl's
4: got some spice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it was a lot. We were risking a lot. But, um, yeah, I think, you know... Th- the heat turned up once we both realized like, okay, calm down. Like, let's get honest about where we're really at. What do we know? What do we know? What do we love? What feels true? Mm. And those are like more disarming ways to do that. Like hand in hand and eye to eye and just Mm -hmm. be like, look, if we forget about this big thing we did that we need to look consistent about, Mm -hmm. let's just ask ourselves what's true and what's out of alignment and what feels like acting and things like that. Uh, It quickly got to the thing that I'd been processing for a long time, which was the question uh, that the evangelical church is still dealing with, which is uh, LGBT inclusion. And what Mm -hmm. do we do? What is a sexual Mm -hmm. ethic in the modern world look like? And I was just, I had been reading like crazy amounts of books Um, I think I read 70 books in a year on both sides of the, I mean, I was just like, I, because I'd spent so many years of my life having to argue for the validity of our version of following Jesus. Like every, everybody wanted to argue with me in Seattle, who was a Christian that we were doing it wrong. You know, of course you can't have a keg party at a church. like, (laughs) we just
4: did. I'm sorry to tell
0: you, you know, (laughs) we, yes, we can. It
4: was (laughs) a lot of fun. It was awesome. And we
0: raised hundreds of thousands of dollars and gave it away. But, uh, it was, that was a big moment. And what's funny is she got there way faster than I did. Like she, I felt like you just had to like think about it and think about our friends. And you were like, well, let's see. They're loving. Yeah. That's fine. You mean (laughs) your friends that were
4: part
1: of this LGBTQ? Yeah. 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 Like back
4: to that, like unpacking or getting rid of things. Like if it didn't, I didn't felt like that didn't line up to how Jesus would have probably treated Mm. my friends right now. So it was like,
0: yeah, I that was easy for her. Out. I had yeah. to cerebrally, like I had to intellectually have a defensible thesis for all <laughs> for the arguments that yeah. I knew were coming. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. she just checked in with her heart and was like, I'm good with that. And right. I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So she was way faster on that than me. <laughs> totally. But once we got to that place, we knew this is like um, a sacred cow for evangelicals specifically because <laughs> I'm going to have to disagree with the Bible and, you know, which I'd already been leading the church through, so – um, you know, di- disagreeing with that God would ever command genocide at any mm. moment. those th- Things like this, you know. And I'd already been making people angry over that stuff for about a year, mm-hmm. and then we came out publicly, and Time Magazine did an article on us as one of the largest evangelical churches making a formal statement of affirmation, celebration, and inclusion of the LGBT community. And so that was just like, it was Niagara Falls. You know, a lot of times that's the part people focus on, but the truth is I had been slowly dripping in like, uh, here's what I don't think anymore. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think this is actually dangerous to that. Anybody think I think this mm. like peak children are growing up afraid in churches because they're, you know, non-traditional gender identities and sexual orientations. And I'm not going to participate in that anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it was, it was a big hullabaloo, as they say. <laughs> and there was a lot of drama and a lot of pain and a lot of betrayal. And I the spent a year. best thing ever. And it was the best. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it was. The best thing for us. It was beautiful, and but really hard mm-hmm. and transformative and an absolute ego death. I mean, uh, I remember before it all happened, we had a staff meeting and it was like, I just told everybody like, look, I'm going to ruin this thing. And we're all going to be unemployed in a year, which mm-hmm. actually took a lot longer than that. <laughs> but uh if you want to vote me off the island now's the time. Like you guys can protect your jobs, this thing can keep going, but this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to set a bomb off. Mm-hmm. Um and everybody was kind of like, uh, you know, standing up like, "I'm Spartacus." Yeah. You yeah. know, everyone's <laughs> yeah. like, "Let's do this." Yeah.
4: Yeah. The staff had been like aware for like 15, 16 months of like they've been we've been having conversations the whole time with the staff. Yeah, so it, it was it wasn't a new idea for them.
0: Yeah. And I, and we had always hired people who I mean, our criteria was like, do you love people? Are you fun? Mm. You know, could you throw a good party? And so these weren't like, uh, I wasn't hiring people out of seminary, you yeah, know, like right. who, would, who were going to argue for predestination <laughs> sure. or free will. <laughs> yeah. Like this is like, do you love people? Can you sit with people who have lost a child and cry with them mm. and not give them a bunch of crappy answers? Like these are the people I hired out of the business world, yeah. out of normal life. And so they were like, most of them were pushing me on this Mm -hmm. a year, two, Mm -hmm. three years earlier. They're like, why haven't we made a statement for the affirmation of my gay friends? Mm -hmm. I'm getting irritated at you, you know? So I I wasn't the big hero. I was like slow to get there out of fear of losing my job and, Mm -hmm. you know, all the rest of that. So that was the context. I
2: love how, you know, speaking of energy, I love how feminine that approach is Mm -hmm. in a, in a, environment that's so structured to masculine dominance and then a patriarchal um kind of establishment, that emotional experience of coming to your conclusions, like h- even just the simple question of I'm not feeling the truth here. Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling the validity of this. Mm-hmm. That is very feminine in nature. It's yeah. to, to experience that. And it's what is so needed. That that oh, shot God, yes. of the feminine is so needed, not only in you know church settings or religious settings but you know you know politics medical system everything. everything everything is that is <laughs> yes. that yes. ability to may you know i may not be able to completely dissect this rationally up against the you know seminary grad But when I experience it in my body and with this community, it rings truer than anything I've ever felt. Yeah. Yeah. So how would we go with that?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's important. Mm -hmm. It's an important distinction because especially, again, I hesitate to use the word Christian when we're talking about evangelical. Because having not only studied Christianity, but traveled all over the world, like Ethiopian Orthodox Christianity looks nothing like mm. Alabama evangelicalism. Mm. These are different mm. religions. Yeah. 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 So what, what our, uh, the context for what we were in was evangelicalism. Sure. And it's not so much a system of Christian ideas. It's a way of holding Christian ideas. So sometimes when people even leave evangelicalism, they stay evangelical and they become evangelical ex-Christians. Mm. Mm. And so it's not about... The beliefs, it's about the way you hold beliefs on the level of identity. So if someone disagrees with you, you have to get into attack mode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so to what you're saying, it's a totally different way of looking at truth when you're like, look, the truth is love. So if it's not loving, it's false. Yes. Mm -hmm. Instead of a mathematical version of truth, like Mm -hmm. one plus one equals two. That's, That's a particular way to getting at a conclusion. But when we're talking about spirituality, it's not as helpful because we have to reimagine the world to build a more beautiful world, which is a spiritual question. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, you have to redefine what are we talking about when we're talking about truth. I I Mm -hmm. hope we're talking about truth is justice. Truth is love. Truth, you know, all of these other things that are less quantifiable, as you say less masculine right Right.
1: Mm -hmm. wow yeah as you're speaking everything that is (laughs) is included in your story and your conviction and everything is right in alignment with you know i've studied a a lot of aramaic jesus Mm -hmm. not necessarily evangelical jesus but aramaic jesus Mm -hmm. like who he actually was Mm -hmm. and the words that he actually spoke in aramaic and even when he's teaching the disciples how to pray that Lord's prayer, it's a perfect roadmap. If you go back to the source, it's a perfect roadmap, how to think of yourself, how to think of other, how to think of God and how to think of the earth and how to treat, how do we treat everyone in this system Mm -hmm. and the base of it, the foundation of it is always love. It's nothing but love. Mm -hmm. And so everything that you're saying is absolutely in alignment. And I'm like, how could anyone disagree with that? And of course, mm. everyone. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. yeah and we, that could be a whole other podcast yeah. for sure. But I, I want to thank you guys because I know you've told this story many times. Um, And I I want to come, you know, f- or we want to, we want to come um, into your story and out of your story looking at the truths mm-hmm. as you, as you say and also within your relationship because... Mm-hmm. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, you guys are such a beautiful, living, embodied um, example of what true, conscious love and connection looks like. And so I would love to um, switch gears a little bit here because um, your story is so wonderful and unique and important. And I I love that we gave the listeners the context of who you are and how you got to where you are now in life. But um, if you could give um, a little bit of... We're going deep, right? Right now. Let's go. (laughs) Love it. Okay. So switching gears here a little bit, now that we have some backstory on you guys, we would love to hear um, from you what your picture, what your vision or interaction with God is now. What does that look like? If we could hear from both of you compared to where you were and what the expression of uh, God was in your life then, what does it look like now?
0: Yeah, great question. Great question. And of course John. that's a huge it's <laughs> been a yeah. huge shift. Like I'm mm-hmm. on a different planet now. Do you mm-hmm. want to take that one?
4: Sure, yeah. Um after two thousand fifteen, it was actually December two thousand fifteen, I we both went separately to a therapy boot camp called the Hoffman Institute. Boot that sounds pretty It's
0: lame. a lot like boot camp. <laughs> but <laughs> but I mean <laughs> geez, that was a horrible But it's it's and an amazing,
4: beautiful program called the Hoffman Institute. I highly recommend it. Um, but there it helped cause I felt like I had so much trauma from the past year that I was taking it out on Ryan. I was taking it out on my kids cause I just didn't know how to handle it all. And through that process of cleaning out all the programming I had been under, you know, just, you can't help it when you're a child. I think it's like zero to seven or zero to eight. Your brain is just, um, like takes things in as truth. And so there was a lot, a lot of just Programming that wasn't beneficial for me as an adult anymore, and going through and clearing that out, getting rid of, at least being aware of the traumas, and taking them through to completion of expression and compassion to move through to healing. Basically, I went into that program thinking that I knew, I knew everything I needed to know. <laughs> and
1: wow, you're set. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? All done.
4: <laughs> Pretty much. I mean. It had been shaken, but I was like, I know what I need to know. And then at the end of it, it's, it was like, oh, I have had just like a little sliver of the full totality of divinity of spirituality. And I had always felt like, okay, I'm, I have a direct connection to God. Like that's what Jesus gave for me. Um, But after leaving that and stripping away all the learnings I had had as a child and, and a young adult, um, realized that there was so much more and that it was, um, entirely an exper like a somatic experience for me. So I would say that I kind of was opened up to the realization for me that, that the un like I'm a little capsule of the universe and that it's, it does start with, m- with me getting to know myself and realizing that the spirit is within me mm-hmm. and it's infinite. It's yeah, I just I came out very, very humbled that, oh, I don't know mm. anything. <laughs> and so I would say like as far as like a label, I would say I'm like a spiritual agnostic. I have so many more questions and I'm enjoying the mystery mm. of of learning, like being a lifelong learner now instead of being like, nope, I know exactly what's going on. I know my little formula and I enjoy my life a whole lot more right yeah. now. Mm. With But that doesn't mean that there's, you know, Questions are hard, but um, Mm -hmm.
1: I'm enjoying the mystery. It's almost like I don't know anything, and I'm excited about it. Yeah,
2: (laughs) (laughs) because it means I can learn. And and isn't that space of unknown so much different than, you know, having questions or being unknown in a space where all the answers should be articulated? Mm. And uh, what I'm hearing from you is that you're experiencing the answers to those questions in your life. Mm -hmm. Instead of maybe trying to rationalize them, which could Mm -hmm. probably be pretty freaking tough because there's Mm -hmm. a lot of complexities going on around here, Mm -hmm. Um, but to experience... You may be able to pose a question rationally, quantify the question, but to come to that answer in the same way that you ask it may not always work Mm -hmm. rather by leaning into the experiences of life, relationships, uh, different environments, you're getting um, downloads. You're getting that Mm -hmm. experiential knowledge Mm -hmm. that you may have never been able to be able to just like sit there in contemplation and Mm -hmm. uh, articulate rather you're just putting yourself into it.
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And through exactly. And like the biggest way I've been able to experience has been with our my first high dose psilocybin mm-hmm. journey it was uh, I was able to actually experience divine love, full acceptance and then there's been other yeah. um, healing medicines that we've <laughs> tried to explore yeah. and to feel and that kind of knowing has been so profound in changing in getting me closer to being love mm. instead of just learning about love Mm. or having the right words to say Yeah. yeah
1: Hey friend, you may have caught on already that Chase and I both love finding the true medicines of the earth in the form of superfood powders, extracts, tinctures, and other health products. We love sharing about the trusted high quality brands and products that have truly made an impact in our health and overall well-being. It can seem overwhelming, I'm sure. So we're making it really simple for you by compiling them all into one place. We call it the medicine cabinet. If you go to GetMeMeFit.com and in the main menu at the bottom, you'll see the medicine cabinet. Or just check the show notes below or my Instagram link tree. You'll see a full lineup sorted by brand of all of our favorite health products, researched and vetted in one convenient place. You'll also see that we include details on why we love each product and how we use it in our daily lives. And for most brands, we have a discount code just for you. Click on the photo of any product and it will take you right to their website. We try a lot of different products, but only the best make it into our medicine cabinet. I hope you love it. Cheers, boo.
0: Yeah, I would would definitely agree that the major shift is moving from beliefs to, at least for me, pragmatic value. Hmm. So I'm not interested anymore in arguing who has the truth. I'm much more interested in what what pragmatically turns you into Mm -hmm. love. Hmm. like. So no matter how ridiculous the belief is, right, right? The flying spaghetti monster is my personal (laughs) Lord and Savior. Like, I don't really care. Believe whatever you want. If believing in that flying spaghetti monster (laughs) makes you more generous, Mm. more loving, faster to forgive, Mm -hmm. then I think your beliefs are true in the sense of, like, you know, Christianity uses sin, which is an archery term by missing the mark. Then the true aim, Mm -hmm. if you're becoming more loving, your beliefs are true in the sense of, pragmatism. Yeah. Pragmatically, this is making me more a softer, mm-hmm. caring, loving person who uh, is a beneficial presence in the world. To me, that's the truth. And so I had grown up in a world where much of the, what I would have called beliefs were things I held, first of all, held on the level of identity, which is why people have to defend their beliefs. But if you think about the posture of defense, your back is to whatever you're defending. You're not even looking at it. Mm-hmm. Sure. You can't look at it. That's because a great you visual. have to defend
1: it. Yeah, that's a great visual.
0: So as soon as you stop, and for me, I was like, look, most of these things, I was born in 1978, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Jesus, it doesn't even matter to me, frankly. People were like, you know, whether it's this Jesus or that Jesus or the historical Jesus or whatever. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I, whether it's I, real
2: or not real. It's like, yeah. It's 2,000 yeah. years ago.
0: Yeah. I have no clue, you know. It doesn't <laughs> matter to me if he ever existed or not. It, it's when we get into those arguments, I'm like, this is not isn't the point. Right. The question is, is is the the spirit in which he supposedly lived, is it alive now in you? Mm -hmm. Every moment that you have a choice to choose the higher good, and every moment insofar as you choose the higher good, Christ is alive. He is risen in you, right? Mm -hmm. And if we get off of that, then I don't know what the hell we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Who cares? I don't want to parse out first century Palestine customs all day long. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what shepherds did. Totally. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> the world is changing so fast. We don't have time for this silliness anymore. Yeah. This is yeah. silliness. This is. I'm taking a page from Richard Rohr right here. Just silliness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have to get to the pragmatic truth of how are we going to heal this place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This fragmented world of trying to argue each other into shame. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I'm interested in in what pragmatically looks like love. So for me, much like Michelle, we just had to realize we knew nothing and that the world is a beautiful, mysterious, infinite place. Mm -hmm. And I don't have the answers. I don't think, as Terrence McKenna would say, that socialized apes are going to master the meaning of the universe. You know, that's like a very interesting idea that you yeah. someone right. would think we're going to get it. <laughs> you know, we can look backwards in time and always see how they didn't have the full picture. Yeah. And yet we're blind to the idea yeah. that we are not the end of the chain. Yeah. So to me, it's like whatever the word God is, I sometimes use it, but... To me, it's a junk drawer phrase that gets people arguing. Mm. If you just are not allowed to use all your cute spiritual words, what we're talking about is the foundational on of reality. Whatever the, larger, the largest frame of reference could possibly be that holds it all together, if you want to throw the word God on that, fine what that is and whether that's a theistic being who like gets you into your favorite sorority. If you pray hard <laughs> enough, but lets 800,000 kids die of diarrhea every year. <laughs> right. You have to work out that weird belief if on your own. I, it's a mystery to me, but what's more interesting to me and more again, pragmatic is I just, I know that I want to become love. I know that my time here is short. I'm going to die. And if I get the opportunity to think about my life in my last three breaths consciously and I'm breathing those last three out, I am not going to spend any of those seconds thinking about how right my theology was. I'm going to think, oh, I hope the people that I love knew I loved them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope I gave all the love that I had to yeah. give. And there is no betrayal or cheat or liar that I'm going to be thinking about. Oh, man, they really did me wrong. I won't have time. I (laughs) won't have time. So why live your life wasting any of your time now on that stuff? So Mm -hmm. to me, spirituality, salvation, God, whatever, to me, it's like, I mean, that's why I have these tattoos. Life is a gift. Love is the point. To me, people are like, what do you believe now? That's it. Yeah. Life is a game And everything else is interesting. Sure. Mm-hmm. I might, I mean, reincarnation is interesting to me. And there are some way that sometimes people explain it in a way I'm like, oh, that seems plausible. And also, I don't have a clue. <laughs> and why would I invest myself at the level of identity to yeah. try to argue someone into a belief? Right. It's more interesting <laughs> to say, who do I want to be in the world? And how do the things that I'm currently working with, like the frameworks, the beliefs, the ideas, you know? Are they mine? Are they coming right. from my experience? Mm. Or are, like they used to be, are they agreements I made with other people's ideas? Yeah. Or even worse, are they agreements I made that other people made agreements about, that other people made agreements right. about, about people who had experiences with some something called God 2,000 years ago? Yeah. If there's a God, I want to experience God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... So well, that's I was—I
1: love that. You're, you're basically thinking of like, are these—is uh, this my agreement? Great, 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 great grandfather, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or is it me? Is it mine? Yeah. And as you're saying that, I mean, that concept rings true across almost every platform or aspect of life. Sure the agreements that we make politically mm-hmm. yeah. or, um, you know, about our medical system yeah. or whatever, fill in the or blank. Or our
2: own individual health, right? Yeah, for sure. Like what yeah. health <laughs> looks like today might look different than health yeah. tomorrow. It's mm-hmm. going to look different for you. And I'm me. keto. Sure.
1: I'm paleo. Like <laughs> yes. we just did a yes. podcast recently, I think like three or three ago or something that was like, you know, getting out of this identity, mm-hmm. these, I, that's the real identity crisis is like, Pinning your identity to something that is outside yourself in yeah. the form of oh I am this sort of political you know um, identification or this label or yeah. this religion or this type of uh you know diet religion I'm Keo, or I'm paleo, yeah, yeah CrossFit right. I'm a runner when you, when you experience the world through those labels, what happens when that's when keto stops working for you? Yeah, yes. exactly. What happens when you meet someone who is a Christian who, uh, is not expressing the ideals of Christ in their life and they're, you know, committing horrible atrocities. Like how does that shake up your world? Yeah. What about when, you know, uh, a, a presidential candidate gets into office that's part of your label, but you don't like him. What what does that make you now? Sure. <laughs> and anyways, I could go on and on and on of these labels that we subscribe to. And that's, I think, an underlining theme of the medicine podcast, which is expansion, mm. expansion of the body, mind and relationships where we're letting go of labels. Yeah. Like I'll speak for Chase and I, I know this to be true for us. And obviously it seems to be true for you guys. Um, when you don't label yourself as anything, that's true freedom mm. yes. because then you don't feel in defense when someone thinks differently than you, mm-hmm. when someone has an interesting thought, it's more from the space of curiosity. Like, Oh, yes. wow. I, w- w- what, it, what makes you believe that? That's so interesting. Mm. Rather than like <gasps> you having that belief, it's almost like a mm. scarcity mm-hmm. by you having that belief. That means that my belief might not be true and yes. now I have to defend it and you're wrong and I'm right. Right it's such a merry-go-round and and that gets nowhere
2: and paying close attention to the feedback you know using mm-hmm. health as the analogy mm-hmm. it's and i think we've probably talked about this before but what are the indicators of health for you mm-hmm. it may not be whether you're checking 9 out of the 10 boxes on whatever whatever health protocol you've signed up for it might actually be oh wait am i sleeping Am I pooping? <laughs> uh, how are my boners? How is my yes. period? It's yeah. these types of things that are the feedback that we need to evaluate to make it some level of conclusion on whether or not we're healthy. The yeah. well, mm-hmm. same thing being said with with you know spirituality, however you define it. Um, what's the feedback? You know, it's yes. relationships. You yeah. know, we talked about m- relationships being mirrors. What is the mirror showing me? Yeah. Um, what is my you know, level of, of emotional expression and do I feel like I'm able to express that without having to compartmentalize it yeah. some of these other, you know, points of feedback to get a gauge, get the pulse on where we are at with health or God or or however we want to define it, I think by outsourcing your definition of health or God, you lose the ability to listen to yourself and your own intuition yeah. on yeah. what the current pulse We're really is. you are getting stuck at a
0: lower stage of development. See, choo- choosing to define yourself by labels is a necessary stage of development. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. adolescent. Sure. Yeah. And right. the problem is we have an adolescent culture. Mm-hmm. People yeah. hit adolescence, they learn how to define themselves by their labels, and they never grow out right. of it because yeah. we are an image-based culture yeah. and we have lost our elders. So yes. because we have no true elders, we, you know, people stay in an adolescent frame of yeah. reality. And yeah. so now we're only thinking, we don't have the people saying, what does it look like in seven generations mm. yeah. when we put this pipeline through this body of water? Mm-hmm. We're thinking, well, how do we get max uh, benefit for the shareholders? That's yeah. not seven generations. Totally. That's not true elder thinking. And mm-hmm. so... I think it's important to recognize it's not, a ba- it's not a bad thing to do that. It's a necessary stage of development, but there's a reason we don't put 13-year-olds in charge of the country. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We I have to that. grow. And to speak to your expansion thing, if the point is expansion, well, then you're going to have to realize that in order to continue to expand, you're going to have to die over and over mm. and over again. Mm-hmm. And that's back to the Jesus thing, because the whole mm-hmm. central theme of the Christ story is death, death, Burial, resurrection. You don't get the expansion, Mm -hmm. aka resurrection, without a death Mm -hmm. and a burial first. And Mm -hmm. people want to skip right to that. I want to change my life and get into spirituality, and I'll sit on the end of a dock and Lululemon's and just, (laughs) it'll be amazing. And then then you find out, oh, spirituality is actually like a total identity crisis, a loss of everything I thought I was, a complete reshifting of my worldview. And that's actually painful and scary. And it feels like the end of your life. and that's what it is. <laughs> yeah.
1: And, <laughs> and it, I, w- I would just add too that, like Jesus went there voluntarily yeah. and the first couple, like mm-hmm. certainly the death <laughs> that was our marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, some could say it was voluntary, but it seemed sort of involuntary at the time. It seemed like it was something that was happening to us. And I think after that, once you experience one death and you see like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a catalyst mm-hmm. and what can come out of that, it's yeah. more involuntary when it comes up again. Yeah. It might take a couple times mm-hmm. to get to that point where it's yeah. like, oh, this is a little death, whether so. it be a job or uh, some label that you're letting go of or whatever it is. It's like once you can see the, the beauty behind the death or the mm-hmm. resurrection behind the death yes. rather, it's so much easier to be like, okay, I'm letting this go. This doesn't, this isn't serving me anymore yes. and I'm going to let it go. And so and I hopefully
0: it cultivates the kind of humility yes. that, that breeds a true elder because the more veils you go through with each death and burial the more you realize i've always have a partial view so mm-hmm. even if you're like oh my god i had a huge awakening like i hate the word awakening people are just patting themselves on the back <laughs> everywhere about awakening <laughs> yeah. awakening's not actually that great it's just realizing oh i'm a robot and i don't and think for myself like at all and i'm totally <laughs> unconscious that's awakening is so <laughs> stop getting all cool about it. it but every time you awaken out of a deeper level of sleep the more times you've done that hopefully you realize oh, there's just infinite levels sure. yeah. of veils. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so that's where you get your humility and you go, I still don't know anything. Yes. So you can say, whenever the next stage of my evolution is, whenever it's life is asking me to let go again of a previous version of myself, expansion can only happen when I let the husk of what yeah. I've been living in now crack and fall off because it doesn't fit anymore because it's not going to contain this new expansion right totally
1: the endospore if we're talking mushrooms letting go of the endospore letting the spore get into the wild and Mm -hmm. procreate and the moment
2: you think you figured it out is the moment the ego has caught up and it's impersonating the woke version of yourself and
4: like you said earlier like the biofeedback of it like when we do have our labels that we're identifying with and we're not in humility when we're challenged by other people's point of views that's just a massive cortisol spike which will completely deteriorate your body if that's how you live (laughs) so living out of humility will be more restorative on even a physical not just a spiritual level
1: oh my gosh i mean i can't imagine i mean i get i'm not going to say i'm perfect but sometimes when you open your phone or your social media or instagram or whatever it's like trigger after trigger after trigger after trigger where you have to like go inward on all of those things and like Why am I getting triggered by this? Oh, it's because of that. It's like, tiring (laughs) and once you let go or once you like get to the root of like oh this is not me this is a label I don't have to get angry at this this is just another piece of the one infinite creator that's expressing himself or itself or herself or whatever it's okay I don't have to get angry over the thing Mm -hmm. and that again is another expression in my experience of freedom where you can look at something recognize it for what it is and let it go like you don't have to have that cortisol jump and spike really good self-care on your physical body (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) just living in that space of of this is okay it's okay there are no almost like there are no mistakes yeah Mm. well it's
0: about getting Mm. to a you know i hate to use the word vibration because that's so ethereal (laughs) sometimes but but i do mean that like so well let's not use that word it's getting to an inner experience of trust of trust like i can trust i don't have to be in exert control mode mm. over mm. others over the world over the circumstances in my life which we know we can't control them all anyway and so getting to that level of trust really does take us back to do I have whatever beliefs religions spirituality you call it what you want but I need a story you know we can talk about archetypes or a mythic way of telling your life I don't again doesn't matter what the words are but you need to get to a place where you can get to trust. And the way you do that is you need to tell a story that fits these things in. How do I look to the past with gratitude? Yeah. How do I look to the future with hope? And how mm. do I have inspiration to live now? And I, I don't care what story you use. Right. Read The Hobbit. That'll be your sacred <laughs> totally. text. Yeah. Totally. And You'll think about how do I be more like Bilbo in his courage? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or later on, how do I be like Sam who's the most amazing friend yeah in any story I've ever read and, and find the mythic characters who speak to you and call you to a higher ethic in your mm-hmm. life. Like, great. As long as you can get to trust. Yeah. Totally. If I can trust that I'm okay, that whatever happens is going to be okay. And there's a way to choose love in every moment. Mm. And I have the capacity to do that. Yeah. then that's, then I love your spirituality.
2: I, I love that. I love that you're saying that because it's setting your sails towards the wind and whether that's the story of uh the hobbit or maybe it's astrology or maybe it's tarot but it's identifying the fact that there are these chords and these almost currents in life that actually find their way to love Mm -hmm. that if you can pick up on the familiarity of it and lean into it a little bit it's going to be painful might even follow that little traditional hero's journey Mm -hmm. um the or the route of the tarot and these archetypes however you want to define it but if you find those little currents that little breeze like lean into it a little bit mm. um probably leads to love somewhere might have you know some bumps along the way mm. but uh th- those are consistent truths uh consistent avenues that lead to something really awesome uh even if it feels icky you know yes
3: yeah. yes yeah. and it has
0: to that's why you have to start with the end in mind like t- that's why for me love is the point so if love is the point if those three breaths is it, if I get in a car accident after we leave here and I'm bleeding out in the middle of the freeway and I know that the only thing I'm going to have time for is, shit, did I love everybody? Mm. Did I give all the love? Mm-hmm. Then I know love is the point. So whatever I use, like you said, Tarot, or, or you know, some sacred text, if you want to le- read Lao Tzu or Jesus or, or Buddha or the Muhammad, I don't care. But you, we want to make sure that I'm setting my sail to a destination I've, mm-hmm. I've consciously chosen. And, and if, as long as it's love and you can define that, you know, it's going to take some defining, then you're on the right track. And you can, you can, if you're humble enough, you can be like, okay, this has worked to get me to here. You know, Buddha says his teachings are a boat to get you across. Well, you don't pick up the boat and carry it across the land. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? And so for some people, they're like, like, like us, we're so grateful for our evangelical Christian heritage. It offered us a lot of good things, came Mm -hmm. with some bullshit, but (laughs) most of it was actually really, really helpful. Beautiful. And, yeah. and s- But now we've moved on. And so we bow deeply to that experience and all the wonderful things that came from that. Yeah. Tons of respect. And now there are other things that speak to us. And I don't have any illusion that I'm going to be holding to those same things mm-hmm. at a different stage in life in yeah. my 60s. Like, yeah. Let's just be open to the things mm-hmm. so long as the North Star is, am I more loving than I was last year? Yeah. And if that's happening, then... I think we're on the right track. Mm
1: -hmm. I think uh, something that you're saying in the theme of (laughs) things that we're all saying here is... You're constantly asking yourself a question, whether that be, "Am I setting my sails toward love?" Mm-hmm. That's a question that you are asking yourself, and that only you can actually know the answer, mm-hmm. right? Yes. No one else. I mean, people can see the fruits of your actions and and, and um, your maybe what is inter- in in uh, inside of you, but only you. That sort of like turning that eye sort of inward toward yourself. Um, And I think that that's something that a lot of people um, rely on external things, whether it be Jesus or God or their religion, whatever it may be, they're relying on something outside of them to save them, right? Mm -hmm. And this is sort of where it breaks down for me um, is you're the one making the decisions for your life every single day, the small ones and the big ones. So I don't, uh, we, I have to be turning that eye inwards and mm-hmm. looking at the the mirror <laughs> that mm-hmm. mirror surface that's on the the uh, on the surface of my heart that's is it reflecting love is it right. reflecting light yeah. back yes. am i going in and really scrubbing it clean and making sure the facets of my diamond mirror <laughs> are clean yeah. and no one can do that for you except, nope. you except you just like certainly you can have catalysts to change and to evolve But just like nothing outside of the body heals the body, Mm -hmm. you heal you. Mm -hmm. There might be things that provide help or immune intelligence or lowered systemic inflammation or lowered cortisol that tell your body to heal, but it's your body that's doing the healing. Nothing outside of you is actually doing the healing. And I think it's the same on a spiritual or psyche level. It's like it's up to us. Totally. I I wish if I had a billboard that I could somehow relay that message that, no, it's up to you, Mm. girlfriend, dude guy. It's up to you.
4: Yeah, Yeah, because so many people base their decisions on, you know, externals. Their family is a big one for me. Mm. Um, But I'm the only one dealing with the consequences of my actions. Yeah. So I better be in alignment with the things I choose to do. Mm -hmm. if If I'm living for my mom. Yeah. She's not the one dealing with the consequences of me not being in alignment. It's me. Well, there's a
0: false humility and an illusion that people can buy into when they give their power away to say an institution like any religious institution. There's a false humility and illusion in saying, well, I'm not just going to make up my own ideas. Like Mm -hmm. I'm actually submitting to something, which is actually not true. This is why people choose churches and leave churches. Because at the end of the day, they are the arbiter mm. of which place they're going to quote unquote submit to. Well, you're not submitting if you can leave at any moment. Yeah. yeah. So the beauty is what I would encourage people to do when I'm doing spiritual direction is keep doing that mm. because that's actually trusting yourself. Yeah. This doesn't feel true to me, mm. right? This is wrong. So we try to trick ourselves into thinking, well, you know, I submit before... Mm. You know, authority, unlike right. you. I'm like, no, you don't. As soon as you <laughs> the authority you submitted to doesn't give you the flavor of sermon you wanted, yeah. you leave. So I think that's good. Yeah. Right. right. You need, need to that. keep doing that. But now do it consciously. <laughs> yeah. Do it consciously. Right. Yeah. And decide, look, I can trust myself. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. And, and you know, the only person, as you say, living out the consequences of the choices I make is me. So I better start caring. Yeah.
4: yeah. Well, and I have fallen into that category of submitting To whatever the church got my husband Mm. and then it was really worked well for me because I could put the blame there Mm. when I wasn't happy and saying, no, I have agency over my own life meant I had to take a ton of responsibility for my actions. Yeah. And that is not easy.
1: That is not the child mindset or the child archetype. That's (laughs) taking radical ownership. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think
2: too, like, oh, I'm just a sinner. I'm just a sinner. Oh yeah. You know, to be expected, (laughs) fucked up. Yeah, uh, I think that's, that's I'm broken. It's broken. Yeah, Like yeah.
1: I hear, still hear people every day. It's like, well, it's in my nature. I'm broken. And I'm like, what yeah. if you just decide that you're not, though? Yeah. <laughs> then right. how would you behave? You got to be accountable.
0: Yeah. You gotta, well, well, you again, gotta be accountable it goes to back appreciate. to, mm-hmm. again, tr- let go of it being on the level of identity. And now just look at the belief. What kind of person does this make you turn you into? Yeah. yeah. Does this belief make me more loving? Does it give me more power? Does it make me take more responsibility? Or what kind of a person does the opposite belief turn me into? Like if I believed this, just go down that road Mm -hmm. as a philosophical exploration into what other ideas grow and what kind of people grow in the garden of these ideas. Mm -hmm. And I think that can help. The problem is, of course, for fundamentalist religion is it comes with an inherent threat. So you're, just just even asking the question, yeah. you're in threat of burning in hell forever. Sure. So it's really hard to... And so compassion on that because if you still think that even reading a book that could disagree with your worldview could get you to slide down the slippery slope to <laughs> whatever, it's hard to do critical oh, thinking. Sure. You Definitely. can't be in the prefrontal cortex yeah. if you're in fight or flight yeah, amygdala. You're in survival mode, yeah, survival Yeah, so sure. there's compassion for that. That's really hard, I mm-hmm. understand.
2: What, um y- you know, shifting a little bit into family and relationship. Yeah. he's yeah. got four beautiful kids. Uh, you have an incredible relationship. What are, what are some of the things that you're doing to uh, maintain balance? You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about feedback and how are you evaluating like, Hey, you know, we're checking in, we're making sure that, you know, love's at the center of this thing. You know, we talked about how we're, we're all kind of prioritizing our individuality, our connection to a higher power. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that look under the relationship space under the parenting space for just maintaining that balance and love at the center of it all
4: well we we've always talked about how we're pretty lucky like getting married at 19 and 20 it just we lucked out in a lot of ways like people have asked us like what's your (laughs) formula for success but we just really genuinely enjoy each other's company like you're for sure my best friend yeah but I think one really important shift that we've made I don't even know when we made this shift but we made it and it's been really helpful it's not being so committed to Ryan and Michelle but I'm also committed to his flourishing his development and he's committed to my development so it's not like um, we get lost in the relationship but that we are encouraging each other in our own individual growth pattern and it keeps bringing us closer and closer together as we give each other the freedom to explore ourselves.
1: Hello. If you've ever checked out the plethora of amazing organic superfood blends on the Organifi website and wondered, geez, where do I even start? Organifi has so many divine products, it can seem kind of overwhelming. I'm also very picky about which supplements and products I trade my dollars for, and I'm sure you are the same way. So I'm going to share a savings secret with you straight from the guide I created called How a Pro Uses Organifi. But first, when it comes to flavors, in my opinion, the best combination to start with is the Sunrise to Sunset Bundle. With this, you get the flagship green juice, the red juice packed with cordyceps mushrooms, and my favorite of all, the gold packed with reishi and turkey tail mushrooms. With this bundle, you reduce the cost per serving down to $1.98. Then when you use my code MIMIFIT, on top of it for another 15% off, it comes out to about $1.68 per serving. That is legit. And with the insane amount of organic, non-GMO, certified glyphosate-free medicinal mushrooms and superfoods that Organifi provides, that $1.68 price is pretty unbelievable. So you could make a gold mushroom coffee elixir for way less than walking into the standard coffee shop or mix up a red or green juice for about 10 times less than you'd find at any organic juice bar. When it comes to supplements and superfoods, I'd much rather pay now with my dollars than pay later with my health. And Organifi makes that so easy for us. So again, to get this killer $1.68 per serving price, go to organifyshop.com and click on the bundles section. The sunrise to sunset will be waiting for you right at the top. And then remember to use the code MIMIFIT, M-I-M-I-F-I-T, which gets you another 15% off my loves. Getting incredible medicinal mushrooms and superfoods doesn't have to be complicated and it doesn't have to be expensive. I got you.
0: Yeah, for sure. Like we grew up thinking we needed to prioritize the marriage. And that (laughs) as soon as we realized every anniversary, we were like, wait a minute, Mm. we're celebrating an event (laughs) in a church we don't attend, (laughs) in a religion we don't believe in. Uh, under the approval of a government we don't respect and in front of of a bunch of people we don't really talk to anymore, we're like, why are we celebrating this? (laughs) (laughs) So we had to ask ourselves, like, if we just found ourselves in these bodies like Quantum Leap style, you know, (laughs) like, who is this guy, you know, (laughs) and looked at each other like, okay, (laughs) yeah, seriously. (laughs) Look it up, kids. (laughs) Nick at night or something. (laughs) That's probably even (laughs) not existent. Anyway, we just had to make a decision, like, Right now, it, it was cute that those kids got married mm-hmm. at super young. Those, Ryan and Michelle, wow, those little cute kids. But we're here now. Mm-hmm. W- those kids are those are they're dead. Mm-hmm. But we're here. <laughs> what do we want to do? And that's, that's been the big shift of, like, not being committed to the marriage, which is a decision teenagers made, mm-hmm. but saying, like, I'm committed to health myself, mm-hmm. and I don't want to get in the way of your flourishing. And that's first of all really risky, because again, i will just speak to our experience. We were taught all the marriage c- conferences and books in, at least in the world we grew up in, really teach you how to be codependent yes <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. here's how to Plot be it's a it. weekend of more codependency, yes, and we once we de- you know deconstructed all that, we're like, oh gosh, because even even learning about God in that context was all about covenant mm-hmm. and rules jealous God jealousy, yeah you know, and now we're like, well we're not even bowing to that God anymore. Mm -hmm. And now it's like freedom and love and trust, Mm -hmm. which rules you don't need. You don't need trust. If you have rules, you just use the rules. But trust is a much more dynamic alive. And I'd like to add, it's way more romantic, Mm -hmm. right? Like romance flourishes in the risk. Mm. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that I don't know if Michelle is going to want to be with me forever is romantic because then she chooses me. But yeah. if she has to stay with me because we signed a, a contract document, uh, mm-hmm. 23 years ago or whatever, it's what well, there's no that's not romantic to me. Yeah. What's romantic is she might on her path, she might need to move on from this relationship someday. And I have her today. Like we have each other today. And so that builds this energy and connection between us because there's actually freedom to recognize her as a individual Mm. (laughs) like i don't own her i've never owned her Mm -hmm. and she's never owned me and again there's risk and probably as you said in relationships your shit's gonna come up yeah yeah. so as soon as you recognize the sovereignty of the person you're with you're gonna have to deal with maybe some abandonment issues Mm -hmm. and some i'm not enough issues because the rules and the contract the marriage or whatever might make you feel safe and you don't have to deal with those things mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. we talk
2: about it all the time yeah. we, we we are often asked if we'll get married again mm. and Cause we
1: are legally divorced mm-hmm. like right. it's a thing and <laughs> we, we
2: we we look at and and no you know discounting for marriage which is incredible and beautiful um but for us it would have it would have seem like a life jacket at this point mm. and we have learned and are continuing to learn how to tread water in the ocean that is love the wild mm. violent yet beautiful calm and serene at times as well body of oceanic love and for me at this point i want to keep treading water i want to keep optimizing in that ocean my ability to swim with you mm. um before putting on that sort of life jacket of of marriage mm-hmm. and uh unfortunately that that um isn't totally just understood but but doesn't doesn't have to be (laughs) (laughs) i bet yeah (laughs) Yeah.
0: but welcome to 2021 like we get to (laughs) figure it out like you get to write your own relationship dynamic (laughs) yeah yeah and if you can't do that like you're not well wake up to the day you know like you can do it whatever way you want but
4: you do push against social norms especially familial mm-hmm.
1: oh yeah. yeah yeah it's so it's so interesting we just went to a, a wedding uh, on chase's family side and we were seeing people um you know in his family extended family that we haven't seen since we've been back together mm-hmm. in this part too it's now been mm-hmm. two plus years but we haven't seen them and i it's so like entertaining slash like oh like sweet like seeing the um, kind of struggle in someone's mind when they're trying to introduce me yeah. <laughs> to yeah. someone else. Because yes. they'll be like, oh, this is um, Chase's... Um, and they'll kind of just, like, wave their <laughs> yeah. arm. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, hi, I'm Megan, or uh, yes. Mimi, whatever. And, um, yeah, it's I, I, like, relieve them from, like, trying to, like, what is the label? What is yeah. the word that I can call her? You know, yeah. she's not a wife anymore. Like, she, you know, whatever. Yeah. But um, I just, you know, we say partner or soul match or, you know... Uh, if you want to make someone really uncomfortable, love her. <laughs> no. <Yes. laughs> no, I've never I said love. that, but I might now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you should. <laughs> I love that. But I, I so appreciate, um, you know, that approach. Um, and Chase has also explained it in a way that, you know, not not putting on that life jacket uh, in this ocean that is love, and I feel exactly the same way. Um, it's, it is this, uh, you know, a little bit of incentive, more so than just my own internal love and desire for him is to really show it, you know, continue asking myself, am I showing up the best that I can for him today who he is today? Mm. He is allowed to change and be free and think different thoughts and we'd read weird books and listen to the craziest shit out there. I want you to, because it makes for really good and fun, entertaining conversation and yeah. really cool thoughts. I don't have to be threatened by those Mm -hmm. things. And he allows me the same type of freedom where again, we are growing together, but also very much individually. And it's almost like, I don't know if you guys experience this where you're having completely different, like self study and then you get to come together and teach each other. It's like Mm -hmm. you learn, you're learning twice as fast for sure. We've talked about how our spiritual growth, our personal
4: growth, has been, you know, one leading and kind of pulling the other and then we take turns. Mm. And it's so fun. Yeah. Cuz I think long-term relationships you can get to the boring place of I know him, I know her. I don't need, you know, I know what they're going to say. Mm. And when you stay in that posture of curiosity or if that person is constantly growing and learning themselves, then you can be curious, which is way more romantic, yeah. way more yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. And so you're engaged in this living organism instead of just set in this concrete we're just going to, everything's going to go downhill now, you know? Yeah.
1: And I think that that's, I mean, that is the archetype that we see on almost every, uh, sitcom, you know, according to Jim, mm-hmm. home improvement, like name any sitcom of the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, <laughs> that those archetypes yeah, are, sure. are in for our sure. mind for yeah. sure, because our culture is so used to to that dynamic yes. where yes. the husband is some oaf yes. you know that's sort the of not smart and yeah. doing everything because he's, yeah. yeah, right. he's lazy yeah he's lazy and dumb and yeah. you know mm. like she is like okay I guess I'll do my part and have sex with you yeah. and like right. you know <laughs> acting like the uh, mother type of like I have to tell him to do everything and he's mm-hmm. so dumb and like rolling your, like yeah. mm-hmm. we're we're grossly entertained yeah. by that yeah, I'm, the, I'm not anymore but
0: it, people are just like laughing yeah. the reason that all those shows like you, you know, there's a bunch of shows you listed and they all have the same storyline and that people are laughing at that instead of saying, <laughs> this is fucked up <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. and asking the question, what is a relationship? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what do I want out of a relationship? Yeah. Not what is a relationship that everyone needs to abide by and like agree with, you know, we're in the age of Aquarius. Like mm. the question is, is what am I coming into this let's just call it a partnership. There's lots of different yeah. partnerships you can have. You can have a partnership with a friend. You can have a business partnership. You can have a romantic partnership. But the question is, what's the purpose of it? What are mm-hmm. we trying to do? Where are we going? Where are we, as you said, set, where are we setting our sail mm. to? And then once you have decided that, then you're like, well, then how do we want to structure this? Right? Because let's say, you know, using the boat analogy, we're trying to get to this specific island. Well, the distance to that and what are the seas like between here and there are going to dictate the kind of boat you need and what mm-hmm. you're going to pack for the journey mm-hmm. but if we're just going to unconsciously <laughs> head somewhere right. then we're going to be at home improvement again yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> right? totally
4: yes totally. absolutely i think one thing that has been really helpful for us is um we both took a kim anami course and she's oh, like yes. a, a sex expert mm. and her the one piece of advice that has stuck the most with us is to clear any energy blocks as soon as mm. possible, mm. Yes. especially before sex. Okay. And oh yeah. We've had high sex drives our whole relationship, so I think that's been really helpful.
0: But like, yeah, I feel like we've downplayed that too much in the past too. Yes. We're Like, what's the secret? And we're like, we don't want to say like, you should have lots of sex. We're super <laughs> yeah. horny. Yeah, yeah. Right. totally. <laughs> super into It's him. hard to have sex if but you have if blocks, so you have to clear them. Yeah.
4: For sure. For like. Uh, for me, definitely. Absolutely for the woman. You can kinda power through a little bit sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but but like Thank you. Clearing, Thank it, you. <laughs> cl- clearing it clearing yeah. it you know, having sex regularly means you're gonna be clearing those yeah. blocks regularly. And so they go hand in hand.
1: That's such a good, I mean, that's such a good piece of advice that again, you're not going to hear in premarital counseling is like, have a lot of sex, make sure that you're going inward before you, especially Mm -hmm. for the woman. Like Mm -hmm. I can't speak from a man's perspective, only kind of what I've observed and which is very similar to what you just described Is like, sometimes you can power through, (laughs) but for the, for the woman's experience, absolutely if your mind is not in mm-hmm. sync with what you want your body to do and get yeah. <laughs> an experience like good luck yep. have and that's why I think so many women are going through life sort of unconsciously or in an unconscious relationship having no idea that they could actually enjoy sex. They could actually be the one that wants to instigate it. It could actually be something that you think about randomly on a Tuesday at Mm -hmm. 2 p.m. rather than like, oh, tomorrow's our anniversary. Shit, I'm going to have sex with him. (laughs) Okay. And and I would say that this is the same for us. Like getting into part two, I've shared this on the podcast before, (laughs) but getting into part two, we were in these new conscious bodies mm. and it was like, is this normal that I want to have sex with you all the time? Mm-hmm. Like, is that, is there something wrong with me? Cause I, ha- we, Oh, she said
0: that too. We ha- like, am I doing nymphomania? <laughs> like what is
1: the definition of, you know, unhealthy sex drive? Mm-hmm. And it was something that I hadn't experienced since we were teenagers, really, because in part one, we had so many blockages. Mm-hmm. And so we weren't experiencing that with each other. And <laughs> I was sort of felt silly asking him like, is this weird that but I mean it, it is um, just a testament to like when you're clearing that when you're mm-hmm. like in tune with every portion of your body like mm-hmm.
2: well, and that for for men as well I mean we do have the ability to to power through at times or kind of um almost compartmentalize certain experiences and numb and you know Mm -hmm. hyper focus our awareness just on the one region that that (laughs) needs to get the job done Mm -hmm. but when you're when you open up and when you feel and when you put your presence and awareness onto your entire body it's an entire body experience and it becomes a a community entire body experience a a changing of the body experience Mm -hmm. and uh that would be almost like the unhealthy version is that if you just continue to fuck without any sort of full embodied experience of what totally. you know, love making or mm-hmm. so just a psychedelic experience could yeah. be mm-hmm. totally. um, and that's just like for guys especially hey we may be able to get the job done but there's a way to do this that is mm. f- yeah full it's, it's a send yeah.
0: only because if you're powering through you're only in send right yeah. and to really have the to experience deeper levels of orgasm and higher states of you know you said psychedelic mm-hmm. uh, experience in in love making you have to have, be in yin just as much mm. as yang. So yeah. you have to be in receptivity, which is mm. why it makes obvious sense that for a woman, in order to fully surrender and open into that, you have to be receptive. And if there's a block yeah. between you, you're like, yeah. I don't want to receive anything. You can't relax.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, that's why the joke, like, faking it is a thing. It's yeah. like every, every woman knows because if your head isn't there, it's not like you're going to be like, I'm out, bye. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's like, let's just like, there is a better way, (laughs) but it starts with, you know, I'm in the middle of creating a course right now for women, like going deeper into their relationship, like having, what does a conscious connection actually look like? And how do we even start the conversation, right? Mm -hmm. It's this bridge to having a conscious connection and it is inextricable from having a conscious connection Into your own being, into your own soul, speaking to yourself and, and, and harnessing and utilizing your intuition and recognizing like, Oh, I think that's my intuition. I'm going to lean into that. Right. That's not insecurity.
2: That's not self hate. That's actually my intuition. Yeah. That small
1: whisper is something that needs to be heard. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it is, uh, and you guys are such a beautiful example of that where you're doing your own individual work separately, which then, People don't understand. It's like, well, don't you, you know, you want to have, you know, just your life together and be enmeshed and codependent. And a lot of people are living that way. But what they don't understand is that when you get out of that and you do experience that trust and freedom and individualiz- individualization within partnership, then it's like the whole is greater than the sum of its parts mm-hmm. For sure. where you're Absolutely. experiencing like psychedelic life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so yeah. you're going
0: to have to purge. Some lower forms of yourself to get there. And I
4: know we have a ton more to purge, but it's purging. It has, it's almost like for me, I felt like I I had such control. I tried to control our experience as a couple. And when I let go of that control and allowed him to be his own person, me to be my own person, I wasn't wasting that energy, sending it out to try and control. And I had like so much more life force energy just within me. And that is sexual energy. It's that life force, creative energy.
2: Yeah, yeah well, Can you can you remind us the the name uh, and the resource for Kim? Kim?
0: Kim,
4: Anami, A-N-A-M-I. Kim Anami, I follow her. Don't worry. Okay, we got
0: a little. Uh, I got a little. A homework. Sexual mastery amazing. for men was the course I took. Okay. And you mm-hmm. took the well fucked woman Fu and the well fucked woman. Hell
2: yeah! yeah. Oh, I love this. I got action items yeah. after this. Let's go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, she. I've actually I've heard her on plenty of podcasts and uh-huh. and I I do follow her. Uh, she has great content and um, I've never taken a course or anything, but maybe it's something we Let's need to can do she's really
4: great about pelvic floor strength for mm. for sure for women but men also need to be strengthening yeah. their pelvic floor and she can like hold surfboard yeah off of a. Oh. Uni- yeah. i've
1: showed him that picture
4: it actually it's very impressive oh, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> like there's yeah. stuff cool. i remember we don't have to talk about this the whole time but i remember hearing about stuff in there and i'm like that's bullshit mm. and then and experiencing it in the bedroom right. and being like holy wow. shit that's <laughs> real <laughs> hey
4: yeah. yeah and you do you have to like go inward like you said and deal with insecurities deal mm. with any sort yeah. of programming that held you back to fully release mm-hmm. and yeah. to fully trust it's like they're all so connected yeah Yeah,
0: which is why the context for our actual loving relationship instead of a Mm -hmm. rules-based agreement is the Mm -hmm. uh, soil for that like Mm -hmm. you can't experience the deeper levels of surrender and safety and love if instead of love you have rules and control
4: yeah which i my personality totally played into that with the two three wing i was like yes. Like I want to be home I want him home with me all the time. I really wanted to like lock him down and he wants infinite horizons. And with my, my sweet friend, Felina, who is also a two, she was like, you have to take care of yourself. And then whatever he has to add on top will be actually like mm-hmm. beneficial to you. Not mm-hmm. like it's, he's just now getting to the, to the measure that you have in your head. So me starting to take care of myself and my own needs allowed our relationship to blossom into way better because it was I was very controlling and tried to keep him home like <laughs> he with me and the kids all yeah. the time yeah. I think
1: that is a myth Oof. of marriage and relationship certainly that is was definitely taught to us where it's like you each have to take care of the other's needs mm-hmm. and if I'm taking care of your needs and you're taking care of my needs then we're both taken care of right yeah. and it sounds nice right yeah. it sounds sort of like romantic it sounds like you know, service to other type yeah. mentality. But I think it's, it gets to a point where we're all human. We are fallible. We are, um, you know, we're not perfect. And so that's going to break down at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And then if your partner is not taking care of all of your needs at one point, because yeah. you know, it's going to happen, mm-hmm. um, then what? I yeah. got really bitter <laughs> and very resentful <laughs> and
4: yeah. really repulsive to be around. So it was not good yeah, for us.
0: Same girl, same. <laughs> yeah. And then you start calculating the percentages. That's why I hate like it's 50, you 50, know, yeah. marriage no. is 50, 50. It's like, that's the stupidest thing ever. Cause guess what? On Thursday, it's going to be 51, 49. <laughs> and now you got a fucking fight to deal with. You know right. what I mean? So if we have to have these percentages that are there, it's like, look, it's, it's full sin. It's a hundred from yep. everybody. Yeah. And it's, that's called unconditional love. You know, you mm-hmm. have to just be like, I love you. Which means even, let's take it all the way out, which means I love you. So if, it, if this relationship doesn't work for you, I release yeah. you mm. mm-hmm. because I need you fully alive and I need you fully expressed in your life. Yes. Yeah. And if this relationship to me doesn't allow you to do that, then it's harming you. And because I love you, I release you. Mm. That, so people don't want to go there, right? That's right. why That's rules are more comfortable. Sure. I,
1: I mean, I'm even getting like a lump in my throat thinking of saying that to Chase. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> like, I want you. I, I need you actually. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's totally. just like because I love him so much and I, I get what I get what you're saying and absolutely like understand intellectually but Mm -hmm. uh, to say that I've gotten there in my being absolutely not
0: oh I feel you I mean it's easy to say it's another thing that like what three days ago we're looking into each other's eyes crying saying I love you so much I'll break my heart Mm -hmm. to keep you alive in your Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. so yes I hope it didn't come I hope it didn't come off like simple it's not simple but I do feel the truth of it Mm -hmm. like Yeah. yeah.
4: yeah we did get I mean I wouldn't say that that's wrapped it all up in a nice little bow, but we did get the chance when he was in cancer treatment to f- come to full face with the inevitability of the heat. Mm. We will not be together forever. Mm. And that was a big gift from cancer, but like sure. extremely painful. And even now, like in the car talking
1: about it, we're
0: on the way down getting here. Getting teary. But like you remember when, oh,
1: oh. <laughs> 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 and that's something we didn't even touch on. If you're, yeah. if as the listener, if you're like, wait, did they talk about him having cancer? <laughs> oh, no, sorry. we, we haven't talked about it because it is, uh, I mean, that's really like, a whole nother podcast okay, in and of itself. Sure. Not that we couldn't have talked about it. Certainly we had it on our notes, but like we just go with the yeah, stream and the this flow of awesome. the conversation. So and, and um, we would obviously love to have you guys back Absolutely. on to, yeah. to talk about yeah. your health journey and yeah. the catalyst that that was, um, you know, for, for you and your, both of you together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that it's so wonderful that you guys are now seeing all of those things as catalyst. Like, uh, and growth opportunities and no matter what comes up asking the question, how could this be, how could I use this for my own involvement? Mm -hmm. If life is a gift and love is the point, how can I use this to reflect that Mm. in my life? Yeah. You guys are. That's the goal. Amazing.
2: Um, and again, leaving more to be desired. Oh yeah. We, we'd love to keep you know just just uh, <laughs> chatting you guys up on on repeat for this kind of stuff. Yeah, and we future. would love
1: it. We have um, sort of like characters in at the medicine podcast where we've had them on multiple times and uh, if it ever worked out again we would love to have you guys back on as a, really a, a conscious yeah. couple we'll just bring our mics to the next brunch that we go to <laughs> and we'll yeah. just push record <laughs> you guys will not have to deal with the the bites and the clinks um, <laughs> and the train <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but thank you so much for sharing part of your life and part of your story with us and there are so many nuggets of wisdom within here um, and I'm just so so grateful to know you guys just as people and friends and Mm -hmm. and um, I would just like to give you a little bit of space um, before we go into wrapping up the uh, the episode with our three kind of uh, rapid fire questions that we ask every guest but can you explain a little bit of now uh, these days what you're doing today because you are such a resource and such a uh, just a, a wealth of I would say light <laughs> for people out there, and um, if you could just explain uh, what it is and how, how you help people today, that'd be great. Sure, do you want to go? Sure. Um, I am an integrative
4: health and functional nutrition practitioner, and so I just kind of like with this whole discussion talking about how it's holistic, everything plays into each other. That's how I view keeping our bodies healthy and really coming at it from a angles of, you know, relationships and what your lifestyle is like and how you take care of your mental health as well. So that is what I do. And I love it. Mm. It's so fun.
1: I can tell you just radiate. And, mm. and we speak, I mean, all of us speak the same language. But like when we go to brunch with you guys and you've mm. got your like little <laughs> like tinctures and elixirs that you bring out of your bag. And yeah. I'm like, oh, OK, yeah, we're going to so, be, yeah, be good. Yeah, we're going to be good. And like I was making her uh, a little king coffee elixir so. and I was telling her every yeah. ingredient that was like, OK, so this is just soybeans and um, filtered water. They're both organic, non-GMO. And it just showed me so Speaking much love. Language, yeah. So much love. <laughs> I didn't care. I didn't care.
0: <laughs> She's always been that way, by the way. She's, like, super healthy, always. I didn't care about my body at all until I got cancer. And then I finally w- woke up and was like, okay, probably start should listening. start taking care <laughs> of this. What's everything you've been <laughs> saying that yeah, I've been ignoring awesome. for a- <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, um, I no longer am a minister anymore, um, and I've been, for the last few years, I've been doing um, something called spiritual direction, which is a term that comes from the Catholic tradition, although I'm not Catholic. Um, which is really about sort of companioning people along their own unique spiritual journey. So helping people concoct or or to build a sacred meaning story that allows them to, to, you know, access those feeling states that we talked about. How do you, what's what's the narrative? What's the path and practice that speaks to you uniquely? You know, what are the things that are going to give you the mythos for you to live out your values? And then the other thing that we do together, um, and sometimes separately, Mm -hmm. is uh, we do psychedelic trip sitting for folks and then psychedelic integration. So people... You know, are electing to take a high dose of, say, LSD or, or mushrooms, for instance. And then we provide the, the safe container for that, make sure the set and setting is, is uh, appropriate, and then help people navigate what can be sometimes challenging. Some people call bad yeah. trips, but if they're in good set and setting, mm. they're brilliant challenges that can offer some of the biggest breakthroughs. Really yeah. So, that's yeah, been
2: I'm really fun. so grateful you're in that space right now. Yes. Um, it seems like there are psychedelic journeys going on in like strip malls you know yeah, it's I like know. it's like especially here I in know. Southern California it's like really? you yeah. throw a stone to the nearest you know psychi- psychedelic yeah. shaman Whoa. or yeah, practitioner. Brett, Brett
0: the white ayahuasca <laughs> shaman yeah, <right>? yeah. <laughs> uh, oh,
2: so man. I'm so grateful you're both in this space um, because you can be that container yeah and uh, you know help walk through those beautiful but intense mm-hmm. um, circumstances environments and, and the post and the follow-up and the integration and Uh, Like you were mentioning earlier, there's so many, quote unquote, awakened moments. Mm -hmm. But if you don't necessarily know how to integrate them Mm -hmm. or you're not around a community that's able to properly just like decompress from those types of experiences without some level of um, reflection Mm -hmm. and contemplation or just community feedback... Um, it can be a little mysterious on what to do with it. You can even get so far out to wonder, did that actually happen to me? Oh, yeah. for like, sure. yeah. did that actually happen and yeah. resonate so deeply, like and I thought it did?
1: Even yeah. just the question, okay, so that happened. It was intense. It was beautiful. It was fill in the blank. Yeah. Now what? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. people
0: don't know what to do when they come back and they're like, I melted into Christ consciousness, <laughs> right. or I was the Buddha for six hours. Yeah. <laughs> or
1: <laughs> I saw love. What? It what do what? I do with that? Yeah. You yeah. know,
0: it's it, it's not the it's not the silver bullet for your personal awakening any more than a wedding is a relationship. So Mm -hmm. you can have an amazing event, Mm -hmm. but if that doesn't translate into what we would maybe call embodiment, Um, what's the point? I always say 90% of the actual healing is after the event. Oh yeah.
1: It's bringing it back into your life, Mm -hmm. your community, your relationship, yourself on a daily basis when the medicine is out of your system. Mm -hmm. How do I, uh, use this knowledge, right? Like Mm -hmm. knowledge isn't anything unless it's, Pragmatically used, yep. yeah. So I, I'm again just echoing Chase. Like I, um, I'm so grateful that there are people, like you two, who are doing the work themselves. You're not just telling others do this, do that. Mm-hmm. It's like you uh, are pointing people back into themselves. Yeah. And yeah. I think that that's, um, what it absolutely should be. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah.
0: like we that. can't be telling people. Sorry. Go ahead.
4: I like that pointing people back into themselves. That's mm-hmm. It's like. They'll ask questions. What are your answers? I'm like, no, no, no. It's in you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. You yeah. Say
0: it? yeah, exactly. That's really what I was going to say. It's like wh- we can't have this whole conversation about empowerment mm-hmm. and then go out and sort of like, oh, take some psychedelics and let us import <laughs> <Right>. our <laughs> worldview yeah. into yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what's best yeah. for this person. No. So how dare yeah. I, you know, even take a guess? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. this is about self-empowerment and, yeah. and clearing the fog and healing the stuff. That only you know how to navigate. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. And they're the ones with the feeling. Like, I feel like there's so much healing with actually feeling whatever it is, the trauma, the pain, yeah. the grief. Yeah. And there's no way I can feel for, for that person you. going yeah. through yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. That well, that, that, that's
2: definitely a topic uh, more to be desired. We'll leave Absolutely. here yeah. uh, because yeah. that's something we would love to get into, you know, with you guys um, and go into really going to the weeds and as well as, you know, a little more of the health journey. So. Uh, we'll definitely have you guys back and uh, leave a little bit more for the listener. Uh, yeah, absolutely. To, well, thanks for having us, you guys. Yeah, this
1: is yeah. Fun. so fun. All right, we're not done yet because we have our oh. rapid fire. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a little teaser. Bonus round, um, okay. Oh, bonus round, okay, gotcha. bonus round <laughs> I'm ready. um rapid fire. Um, we stated already, but the medicine podcast is all about, you know, we like to think of ourselves as a sort of bridge to expansion for Mm -hmm. people. So they're crossing this bridge to get to their own expansion. And we want to know for you both, um, first we'll start with your body. What currently feels like expansive medicine for your body? Dancing, dancing mm. nice. for me, I love that. Yeah. I
4: love getting lost in music, and I feel like it's almost like a way that I can like channel source. Mm. Mm. So it's not like beautiful, but it's my, it's, <laughs> oh my, it's my movement. It's <laughs> definitely beautiful. <laughs> it's <in> my <laughs> movement. There's no training. Just movement.
0: Natural to you, but uh, for me, it's uh, the first thing that comes to mind. Is I just love to jump in the ocean every day mm. if I can, a couple times a day. There's mm-hmm. something about a energetic reset for me that only just like letting the waves just smash into me and, and just completely submersing myself in, uh, you know, mama ocean is yeah. Hell yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. I love beautiful.
1: That. So good. What about for your mind? What feels like medicine for your mind right now?
0: Mm. Me first. Okay. Yeah. I gotta yeah. think of that one. Okay. For a bit. Um, you know, it's, that's an interesting question because for me, I've always been like, I need to read a thousand books every year mm-hmm. to make myself feel like I'm stimulating my mind and uh, i'm noticing a shift in my life Mm. at 43 i feel like (laughs) recently i felt like my own whatever soul call it what you want essence something inside of me was like hey i actually need you to start forgetting things Mm. because you are full of way too many thoughts Mm. and we need to clear this out and so actually what's been most helpful for me lately is to sit Mm. and and i'm not trying to do any complicated meditation techniques i'm just trying to sit Mm. And let the quiet, you know, m- bite muddy water, let stand, yeah. becomes clear. Mm. And that's really helping me. Because uh, I tend to, as a seven, live in my head anyway. You know, it's my mm-hmm. default. And uh, so that's been really helpful for me, for sure. Love that. Yeah.
4: Mine is solitude, which I don't allow myself enough of. But I will, I have a a challenge deciphering my energy from other people's energies. And so when I get into solitude, then I can just be with myself and so that would be that would be how I can really take care of my mind
1: love it yeah what about for your relationship or relationships what Mm -hmm. feels like medicine for you guys
4: there's probably a couple things but I would say laughter is one of our key medicines for sure we've talked about you know having sex regularly that's been so helpful so, so helpful, mm-hmm. but laughing and orgasm <laughs> 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 they're pretty awesome, yeah, mm-hmm.
0: I w- just will hesitate to say anything after <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that w- that's pretty good. that's the recipe right there, <laughs> but I think th- I think just full on, we have just lived in such honesty mm-hmm. that I think we get to skip a lot of bullshit because, as hard as it is sometimes, mm-hmm. we know that. We trust each other that Mm. we're getting the truth all the time. So we're not wasting a bunch of energy chasing down what ifs and potential scenarios because we've had like hard, embarrassing, hurtful conversations from Mm -hmm. a place of, I don't want to have a part of my life concealed from you. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to get the real truth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And of course, that enables the laughter and the orgasm (laughs) to occur.
4: What is the phrase that we kind of come back to when we say like we're the same, like when we've had these really honest hard conversations it's like oh my desires that i'm kind of embarrassed about that's the same you, you mm-hmm. have them too or some sort yeah. of a yeah. version of it it's like
1: we're we're, we're both humans you're me yeah. Mm, yeah, Like we mm. just say like you're me. in a moment of, it's more like in a moment of recognition where you might say, I love you. We've gotten to this point where we're like, there needs to be another word. Oh, yes! we love we still we still time. Time. love, love is, is so small. It's so but diluted. It's, yeah. it's yeah. so diluted. Like yeah. I love pickles and yeah. I yes. also love Chase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like looking at someone, looking at him in the eyes and, and saying, you're me. Right. And it's like, like oh, there's no distinction. What's the
2: relationship hack? It's like, when we just lay on each other on the couch and cry into each other's eyes, yeah. like, is that yeah. is that a tip? Yeah. Uh, can yeah. we sell that? When I don't we know. share
1: tears, That's
4: beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yes. I love that. I yeah, couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah, love it. So perfect, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for for being here. Thanks for having us. This was super fun.
1: Yes, we'll get you back. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for hanging in. And um, we will have links to uh, Ryan and Michelle's Instagram. You can hit them up, slide into their DMs, and ask them questions if you like. Um, Same with us. Chase and I, you know the drill. And uh, we will talk to you next time. Go spread some light. Okay, bye. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mimi underscore The Medicine. To learn more about our favorite health products, foods, and supplements we discuss on here, visit GetMimifit.com forward slash The Medicine Cabinet, or just check the show notes below. Until next time. Cheers, Bill.